This is a podcast from Rover. I spend less time naked now between <laughs> the burglars and the cats. It just seems like it's a risk not, not worth taking. gonna work well I reckon. Here we go. Not as well as what I thought. If I'm being honest. <laughs> it wasn't as basic, eh? It just wasn't as basic. Well, welcome to Not For Radio. Jane uh, Dunk, your host here. Good to have you back with us. We are on the road today. We're in Queenstown. Google it. It's a sick place. They call it the adventure capital of the world. Yeah. And we're doing none of it. No, absolutely none of it. We are going to be partaking in some of the vistas. Uh, from up on high and, uh, and steaming through a couple of tubes with some very, very uh, la-di-da individuals. Yeah, man. Work junket. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They spend a lot of money with our company, so we're just um, mm. you know, filling the gaps in between uh, dinner and stuff tonight. Uh, we're, we were walking to the studio this afternoon and uh, had this young buck run up upon us. Yes, uh, what's his name? Yeah. He tagged us on Instagram. Oh, what a legend. Uh, it was uh, puffed slightly out of breath. Uh, charged on up and said, hey, I'm um, from the UK and listened to the show and uh, now I'm living here. I've got a work visa for the next couple of years, so I uh, can't believe that I've actually seen you guys. It's sort of weird seeing you walk past the walk past the, the restaurant window. Oh, he must have untagged me. <laughs> oh, no, here he is. Harry. Oh, I don't know how to say last name. Oh, you can you have a crash. It. Oh, Krashik. 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 Yeah, get on your hazard, mate. Good to meet you. Um, so, if you want to climb into our Facebook page, we'll just mention it quickly, uh, Sniper's Nightmare Facebook page. Jeez, um, that thing's absolutely hissing at the moment. Um, but let's crack into the menu for today's podcast. We've got another classic um, stitch up at work. We've also got what happened to Willie Nelson uh, when he had a bad weed experience. Yeah, and he's a massive cannabis advocate. Uh, I mean, he got arrested for having cannabis on his tour bus, and Snoop went into bat for him and said that people were going to go missing if he went to jail. Is he the, Was he a bad MF? Because he's not around anymore, Willie Nelson. No, he nah, died, he's he passed away. Back. Yeah. Um, and we speak to a medieval weaponry specialist who works in movie sets who had a run-in with a fierce, fierce, fierce Sorry, sorry. Adversary. Willie Nelson's alive and well. He's 89. Oh, and my gosh. He? Yeah. Wow. Marijuana's sorry, good for you. I just Googled it. Sorry. No, that's fine. Yeah, Willie Nelson's alive. Still alive and kicking. Well, that's great. <laughs> That is just great. <laughs> that's how you know you're old when radio announcers think you're dead. I bet they have Solzy Osborne a little bit. I saw him. I what saw him on like the. I saw him on Woodstock '99. I was like, man, I miss that guy. <laughs> Holy shit! Yeah, turns out that you can just uh, rip cones in your older years and still be okay. But if you did it in your younger years, it makes you lose your memory. He looks. Good for 89. He hasn't changed. You look that good now. I look worse than that now. Um, Yeah, Jack comes unstuck with one of his fiercest adversaries he's ever fought against. uh, Well, let's climb into that chat, actually, because Jack's waning in the wings. No vanilla, all chocolate. This is Jane Dunk's Not For Radio. Right, Jack from the UK, welcome to Not For Radio, mate. How you going? Full of joy and whiskey, so, you know, good morning. 
<laughs> yeah, I was going to say, morning, that's, you, that's, you just absolutely knocked the scab off a bottle of whiskey <laughs> and that's climbing into it. Jeez, I love the, I love the poms. You ripping, eh? <laughs> well, I've learned many things over the years, and one of the things I've learned is that the only way to deal with New Zealanders successfully is with a skinful. <laughs> Man, well, we're fucking on here. That is, that is outstanding behaviour. For, for whatever reason on the podcast the last couple of episodes, cats have been absolutely copping it. And uh, for the record, myself and Jay love cats. Um, and I genuinely do. I just I, don't. I, I appreciate them because they they just run their own cutter. I don't need to go. It's the same ground. We've covered it before, and it's just one of those things. You don't have to pick up a cat's shit. And that's a win for me. Just that alone. Sweet ass. <laughs> I can't fault you on that. Jack, now tell me, uh, do you, I mean, we'll talk about the incident shortly, but as it stands at the moment, do you love cats or do you hate them? I love them. Okay. Um, Many years ago, I went to adopt my girls. I was told that because they were abused, because they had had a, a terrible early life, I'd be lucky to have eight years with them. Um, instead, I had 15 years with them. Um, they died within three months of each other a couple of years back. And my life is infinitely less awesome without them. You didn't think about replacing them at all? I mean, I mean, obviously, it's sort of what? replacing a family member, isn't it? I did that with a co-host, so another one will turn yeah. up. <laughs> Sweet, mate. Acceptable losses here, eh? <laughs> We're like lemmings. We just keep there walking you go, Jay, off the fucking cliff. just about as important to him as a cat. Um, <laughs> you probably appreciate the cat more. Here's the thing. My, my career is starting to take off in a new field, and I don't know if tomorrow I'm going to be working in my city or in Portugal or in Canada. And it seems to me that it would be an incredibly inconsiderate thing to adopt a cat now, not knowing if I'm going to have to disappear for three months. Fair, fair enough. Let's chat about the uh, the incident. I just moved into a new flat. Uh, I was taking a shower. It was a beautiful spring morning. Uh, what I didn't realize is that while I was in the shower, my mad as fuck mother was Googling every crime that had ever occurred in my neighborhood and was now completely convinced that not only was I about to be murdered, burglarized, cannibalized, but there was probably a burglar, a murderer and a cannibal under my bed. And she needs to phone me and tell me all about this. (laughs) So my phone's ringing. I wrap a towel around myself. I sit on the bed answer the phone i'm trying to talk my mother down as she is convinced that i'm going to be murdered any moment there is no chance at all i'm going to survive in this flat in this neighborhood well i'm just sat there my towel's fallen open i'm kind of air drying on the bed we've all done this and my cat jumped up onto the bed and you know what a cat reaches out to pat you because they just want to give you a prod they want some attention they want a little scratch Well, when a cat reaches out like that, the tendons in their paw pull back and their claws extend. Uh, And this is where I need to give you some important information. You see, I had chocolate point Siamese and chocolate point Siamese cats have claws so large that even at rest, they will not fully retract. Fully extended, they are two or three centimeter long scimitars of pure (laughs) murder. And when she reached out to pat me, she didn't pat my leg. She hooked that thing straight into my best friend. 
<laughs> Fucking hell. The phone shot out of my hand as I made a noise like a pterodactyl battle cry, <laughs> and my hand whipped down with a speed and precision Bruce Lee could not fucking match. Because when you make a noise like a screaming dinosaur, a cat does not delicately remove their claw from what it's caught in. They tear it free as quickly as they can to escape. And what she was attached to was not something that needs a claw torn out of it. Oh, my God. Well, I managed to unhook her. And I mean unhook. And I staggered through to the bathroom with my tattered todger in my hands, <laughs> blood pissing out of it. And I ran that poor sad thing under the tap until the blood at least slowed down. Oh. And then I had to like wrap toilet paper around it because there's not one to put a sticking plaster on it. Can you imagine trying to remove a sticking plaster from your cock? No, you're a bigger like, fish to fry at the moment. Yeah, here, though, Jack. yeah that, that Jack as well, which you're on the phone to your mother who was trying to talk you off the ledge of the fact that there was going to be a murderer in your house and all she would have been left with you're was the screaming. sound of you screaming, the phone being chucked. <laughs> And then, then you stumbling through the house. And then, and this is where we get to the final indignity because I had to reassemble that phone and call my mother and tell her what had happened. <laughs> I had to explain to my mother that the noise she heard was my cat trying to pull my cock off. <laughs> I'm still gently leaking blood from my best friend, my traumatised cat is hiding in a corner somewhere and I've got to explain to my mother that the noise she heard was that. Oh, well, bless her. My mother was so traumatized by this that she laughed so hard she dropped her phone had to scuttle off and pee. Oh my gosh. What a roller coaster. There's people that people that don't have cats don't understand how sharp their claws are. Like we've we've got a cat. When I say we, my wife's got a cat that's now geriatric. Like it's it was with it's a step pet. So I basically picked this cat up with my missus um as part of the deal, which is fine. But it's now that old and poked that it doesn't have the ability to retract its claws out once it once it plugs them in. So if the same was to happen to me, yep. it just would have been locked in there and just thrown around like a fucking foxtail until it managed to tear them <laughs> out of its tear them out of its paws. Oh my gosh. Now, Jack, what was that like? To, to, I mean, you don't want to go to the doctor when something like this has happened. But are you like at what? Po- are you like I might have an infection, or I, I need a stitch here? Um, or I was concerned, but you know the bleeding stopped, and after the humiliation of having to explain to my mother what had happened to me, yeah, I. I I didn't really want to go to the doctor, and I left it a few days. It was healing fine. I was like, you know what? I don't feel the need to share this. There'd be so much shit that doesn't get across. But then I tried doing stand-up, and now I've shared it with all sorts of people. (laughs) Yeah, it's just day by day by day, it just gets further and further away from you actually being able to tell the truth about what happened. And uh, that's that's no, no, not where you it's, really want to be operating. I, I, you might you might have just caught that if you're listening carefully to the podcast. Uh, did you say you just started doing stand up? Is that what the new job is taking you all over the world? The job that's taking me all the world is costume design. Man, oh, work it, <laughs> mate! You probably would have been coming. Um, yeah, you would have probably uh, came, coming down to New Zealand uh, uh, until our government absolutely fucked any chance of anyone coming to work here. Yeah, between the the fight choreography and the co- I mean, I spend less time naked now. 
between <laughs> the burglars and the cats it just seems like it's a risk not not worth taking um but i still do fight choreography for film and television i do costume design <laughs> have you had any um who's the who's the bloke that um just shot that person on set have you had any situations where you've come close and uh kind of even because it's i guess bluntened weapons to a certain well, extent have i had injuries yes of course i have uh russell crowe almost killed me once How, was that in gladiator or something <laughs> No, no, it was a, a miscommunication on set. Just a- he was supposed to ride in. <laughs> what an asshole, eh? So, just for just for reference, he is Australian. Fuck him. So basically, he's supposed to ride in to this scene and take a big swing at me, and I'm supposed to go flying. Now, the first time, the first take we did, I went flying backwards. I landed on the camera guy, which freaked me out because one of those cameras is like 350,000 pounds. I'm not taking the hit on that. Those cameras are expensive. So the second time he comes in, I keep looking over my shoulder to make sure the camera guy's far enough back, but I'm not paying enough attention to him. And he's just like, don't worry about it. I'll just aim for your head. You've got a helmet on. And I looked at him in horror because I'm wearing stunt gear and my helmet is made out of fucking acrylic and his sword is steel. If he hit me in the helmet, he'd have split my fucking head open. My lack of brain would have been all over set. They'd have been dead English guy. And I said, I was like, dude, if you do that, I'll, I, and that's what he didn't know. He thought I was wearing a steel helmet. He would literally have actually aimed for my dome and hit that helmet and split my fucking dome. What movie was that for? No was that in, was that? I can't say. Okay. Just one of those. Well, yeah, it doesn't actually narrow it down either because you did quite a bit of uh, time with sword in hand in various different films. It, the 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 saddest part of my job is I have the coolest fucking job in the world. I work with the coolest people in the world with the coolest swords in the world, but I have to sign non disclosure agreements, so I can't tell anyone about what I'm doing. That's all right. You just wait until it's it, all. You just wait until it's all over, mate. And you don't need yeah. any more work. Then need you a, come need back a to tell us. All. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, mate, well, we'd better let you get back to your whiskey. Yeah. Sure, bloody good catch-up. Yeah, thank you so much for joining us, mate. That's awesome. Likewise. Well, if you decide you ever want me back, I'll even give you a choice of stories. You can hear about the time a doctor did a very bad thing to my bottom or the time my bottom did a very bad thing to a supermarket. (laughs) We'll definitely take both of those at a later date, Jack. You're a bloody legend. Thank you for listening, mate. It's been a pleasure. Have a good one, guys. Two to the one from the one to the three. Jay and Dunk, you and me. Not for radio. Here's a classic stitch-up that's been sent to us by the one and only David Walters. Uh, a father was passing by his son's bedroom. and He noticed that the room was unusually clean and saw an envelope propped up prominently on the pillow. It was addressed, Dad. With the worst premonition, he opened the envelope and read the letter with trembling hands. Dear Dad, it's with great regret and sorrow that I'm writing you. I had to elope with my new girlfriend because I wanted to avoid a scene with, with you and mum. I've been finding real passion with Stacy. She is so nice, but I knew you would not approve of her because of all of her piercings and tattoos and her tight motorcycle clothes and because she's so much older than I am. But it's not only the passion, Dad. She's pregnant. Stacy said that we'll be very happy. She owns a trailer in the woods and has a stack of firewood for the whole winter. We share a dream of having many more children. You're going to be a grandpappy and mum's going to be a grandmammy. Stacy has opened my eyes to the fact that cannabis doesn't really hurt anybody. We'll be growing it for ourselves and trading it with other people in the commune for all of the cocaine and ecstasy that we can get our hands on and can consume. 
In the meantime, we'll all pray that science will find a cure for AIDS so that Stacey can get better because you know, as well as I do, that she sure deserves it. Don't worry, Dad, I'm 15 and I know how to take care of myself. Someday, I'm sure we'll be back to visit you so you can get to know your many grandchildren. Love, your son, Josh. P.S. Dad, none of this of the above is true. I'm over at Jason's house. I just wanted to remind you that there are way worse things in life than school report that's on the kitchen table. Call when it's safe for me to come home. Cheers, mate. Oh, <laughs> holy shit, that's so good. Well played. Well played. Well good. Um, one here from David Martin, and he says he used to work in a kettle factory. He says it was a right sweatshop, and the little fella on the next press was a real quiet, nice guy. I wouldn't say boo type of a bloke. He had a bone disorder which twisted his joints, and so he would bring in a flask of ice juice every day. And two of the younger lads would steal a cup each of his juice without fail and then top up the, um, the flask with water. On one particular hot night shift, he thought, enough is enough. I'm going to tell the old boy what's happening and offer to sort these little wankers out. Anyway, so he goes to tell the old boy. The old boy uh, looks at him. He goes, don't dare spoil our fun. And he's like, huh? What are you talking about? And so he started explaining that he has to put bromide in his juice. And so he like quadrupled down the dosage once he figured out what was happening. And so he would only have his one glass instead of drinking the whole lot to get his dosage. And he quadrupled the amount that was in there. So these guys were taking on an enormous amount of bromide. And you go, what's bromide? Well, this is his words exactly. There's enough bromide in his flask to stop a 25-year-old monk in a whorehouse getting a heart on. <laughs> After that, we referred to them as the Softy Brothers. The whole workshop knew about it and never let on. Apparently impossible to get it up. Yeah, they... They use it for um, killing waterborne viruses um, like rotaviruses, poliovirus. Jesus. Yeah, it's terrible. It's not great stuff. <laughs> well, you'd be safer drinking Roundup. Don't drink Roundup, by the way. Classic stitch up. Um, so we're, gonna, we're almost done for the day, and we're going to think of a sign-off song. But um, first of all, I want to play Willie Nelson's Bad Weed Experience. Uh, by the way, Willie Nelson, 89 years old, looking amazing and very healthy. <laughs> I knew that. I ate too many cookies one time, and I thought I was dying. And I could feel the flesh falling off the bones. Yeah, yeah, because you get every hour you get higher, yeah. and then you think it's not hitting me, it's not hitting me, and then you double down, and sure. then you're it's like a bath. <laughs> and has there ever been a pot you've smoked that you didn't like? I've said this before: it pots like sex, some's better than others, but it's all good. <laughs> That's Chelsea Handler. She did yeah. an amazing series on drugs, eh? Yeah, she's a she's a cool individual. Full stop. How how much did he had? He said he felt like his skin was falling off. <laughs> Shit, that is a hectic hash cookie. That's a lot of kit. I was just looking at some of the comments on this um, TikTok video that that came off. Jessica writes, the edibles. Oh, that happened to me. <laughs> I thought I couldn't breathe. I was, in fact, breathing. And one final one from the Nookie Monster. There's a comment on TikTok <laughs> on the video, guys. And this, um, I would like to use this comment as my defense. Willie's been like 80 for the past 40 years. That guy doesn't seem to age. I'm with you, Nookie Monster. You're 100% on the money. Um, someone else ate edibles and had a 10-hour panic attack. That sounds stressful. Yeah, I just, yeah, I'm, it's, yeah, just can't do it, eh? Can no longer do it. Well, no, well, you can't do it um, if it's your choice. Someone else can spike your so, I am terrified, absolutely terrified. Friends of ours that live over in the States... Mm. Um, 
where you can basically just go to a shop anywhere and basically get these edibles. They had them, and one of them was on the bench. They had a three-year-old, three-year-old son at the time. And basically, they would kind of have these edibles that were pretty smacky, and they'd just really set you on your way. So the kid would be put to bed, and the parents, instead of having a couple of drinks, would bang an edible each, and they'd just sit there and just mung out on the couch next to each other and, and really enjoy themselves. Anyway, the um, they, the kid got put to bed. He went and dusted his one um, and put the other one on the bench for his wife to grab um, when she came out from putting the sun down. She comes out, talking to him in the kitchen, then the kid comes out um, and and, uh, and says, oh, I can't go to sleep. So he's like, all right, sweet as, uh, your mum will take you back to bed, read your story, and then and then we're all good. Mum comes out. At this stage, he's absolutely hissing, but just off his chops, the, uh, the dad. And um, and the mum goes, where's my one? And he goes, it's on the bench. Shit. It's on the bench. And she's like, it's not on the bench. And he goes... In this stage, I was really hauling, and that news just threw me through a loop. Because instantly he's like, I've killed my you kid. You can't switch it off. No, nah, the, the train has left the station, uh, and it would have left the station within his son's body as well. It's a wee tyke, this is going to really roll him. Panicked, went in there. Son was now deep asleep because he'd been having a bit of a bit of a session and was and was tired after thrashing about and crying and not wanting to go to bed. So now they thought he's done, he's done for. He's bad. he's buffed this edible. Turns out this is the most stressful situation <laughs> ever. Yeah, it turns out um, it turns out that he in his little cooked stage had picked it up off the bench when he went to put his stomach to bed with his wife and moved it to a side table near the couch where they were meant oh. to be sitting. <laughs> So it was there all along. <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. Like, and never again. Because they look like kids' lollies. So you could, that would easy. Your kid would be like, oh, I'm going to bed, but I'm going to take your lolly. Apparently, Willie Nelson almost died with COVID 19. But he didn't. He didn't. Hey, thank you, everyone, for listening to the podcast today. We're not going to do a sign off um, song. Man, I got one. Oh, you got one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's oh. under Willie Nelson's Bad Weed Experience. It's from a Kiwi band called Motorcade. Great um, band, yeah, and they were were because they no longer perform. Um, just spectacular to see. And this one here's a, a little high revving Kevin number, which will uh, get the foot tapping, but a fast, a uh, bit of fast bass playing, a little bit of fast drumming. Good flying saucer, yeah. Easy way to get a speeding ticket whilst riding a motorcycle. I've found. Give it a bit. Amazing vocal range. Wait, wait till he climbs into it.
Good tune. Ah, hell of a tune. An amazing live band too. I've uh, got myself in a situation where I've woken up on the sun uh, three times, and two out of the three times was after going to their gigs. Awesome. Hey, cheers listening to the podcast for a Thursday. We'll be back tomorrow with another Not For Radio episode. Uh, Do us a favour, share an episode with a mate so they can climb into it as well. Go check out the Sniper's Nightmare uh, Facebook page, which is the all the hardcore podcast listeners. They're all climbing. There's some very funny shit going up there at the moment. I'm proud of you. Catch you later.